102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. It's at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments there, do it. There's plenty for you, including a huge case in Austin that just wrapped up. Guilty, by the way. Not that surprising. On Twitter, I'm at Jeff Ward Show. Get to the point. If you post comments, please don't suck. Try to make the show better if you can. Make sure you subscribe and check out the podcast. We drop a podcast each afternoon. You can find the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. Same with the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Subscribe to it. That comes out each afternoon. It's the Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. I've pretty much become... A Michigan coach, Jim Harbaugh, hater recently. Not just because he's been implicated in a, again, I should point out, in a bizarre and ridiculous spying scandal. My problem is not so much, although there is a problem, and you should have a problem too, with the spying scandal at Michigan. That's that's not the issue that gets to me. It's the way he's reacted. It's this self-serving, narcissistic, I'm holier than thou, ridiculously righteous, self-centered, whiny, desperate-sounding public fool. That's what I think. He's acted like he's Nelson Mandela. He's acted like he's a political prisoner. He's acted like he's a prisoner at all. He's preached about due process, which has no relevance here whatsoever. He's preaching about due process and whining as if he's wrongly imprisoned. Um, he's his employer, one of the best public universities in the country, can't seem to rein him in, or he just doesn't listen, doesn't care, because as long as you're winning, you do whatever you want. But it's got to be embarrassing for the school. He's a really good coach with a very good team, but he's an insufferable jackass. I want you to meet the opposite of Jim Harbaugh. In a completely different world, in a comical story that just happened to find its way to the state of Texas. The coach, in this case, probably makes, I'm going to guess he makes in a year what Jim Harbaugh might make in one single suspended game. And it may not even be that. He's also been suspended himself. Uh, Like Jim Harbaugh, he's now suspended sort of in a weird way. He can coach during the week, but he can't coach on. He can't be on the sidelines for the game or games. That's what Jim Harbaugh is facing, although he's going to court tomorrow to argue something. I don't know what. Where he's not losing money. He's getting paid. He's just not allowed on the sidelines because the Big Ten found Harbaugh well, it's his shop, and so there's a rule that says, you know, if something happens, it's on the coach, and the spying is on the coach, so he suspended three games, although he's going to show up and try to get a restraining order, blah, blah. This other guy, this other coach, is suspended for the games as well. He's not accused of illegal recruiting. Um, by the way, Jim Harbaugh, just so people know, he's already served one three-game suspension this year already. Okay, 
this you need to know this happens with him fairly often. There's always some drama, some problem going on with Jim Harbaugh for as much as he wins. Just so you know, there's always something going wrong. So this other coach, of course, he's not. It's not spying. It's not illegal recruiting. It's not uh, anything really football related whatsoever. What terrible thing has Coach Tony Anisa? I think is how A N N E S E. Tony is the head coach of Division II national champion Ferris State. Ferris State is in the state of Michigan. Ferris State won the national championship for whatever reason, I have no idea, in beautiful McKinney, Texas. And it matters. So I don't know why the Division II championships in McKinney, I, I, I don't know. And that's a problem now. It's a big problem. So maybe some of you know the answer why Division II schools would be playing. A school from Michigan would be playing a school from Colorado in McKinney, but they did. McKinney's outside of Dallas. Oh, it's beautiful. So Ferris State beat the Colorado College of Mines 41-14 to for their second national championship. That's a lot more championships than Jim Harbaugh has, by the way. Tony Anisi is now suspended just like Jim Harbaugh. He cannot be on the sidelines during games. He didn't spy on games. His crime. <laughs> his team's crime, which of course makes it his crime, his team lit up cigars after winning the national championship. They lit up cigars, and I guess had they lit up cigars anywhere other than beautiful McKinney, Texas, in a McKinney Independent School District Stadium, he'd be coaching and everything would be fine. But apparently in McKinney, you'd be better off doing heroin than smoking a cigar after a championship because the school was also hit with a $2,500 fine. I'm not saying you love the smell of cigar smoke. I, I get it. I understand that. But... Wow. <laughs> it gets worse for smoking. Not like smoking during the game. I'm talking about smoking at all. They won. They won. They didn't bust out the beer bongs. They busted out the cigars. And he's now suspended. Here's the story. And I just want to compare and contrast the two. Here we have Jim Harbaugh again getting in trouble in some slimy scandal. And he acts like he is, like I said, he acts like he's a political prisoner. Tony here. He's going to roll with it. Stories reported today, defending champion Ferris State will play a Division II football playoff game Saturday without its coach because he's been suspended for players lighting cigars in the locker room after winning a national championship last year. Last year. That's how serious they are at McKinney about cigar smoke. It's McKinney. Are you kidding? So uh, the Bulldogs will travel 60 miles in Michigan to play in-state rival Grand Valley State. Okay. Um, Ferris, Ferris State had to pay a $2,500 fine for cleaning and repair expenses. The McKinney, Texas School District, where the 2022 championship game was played, has a strict no tobacco policy. The Bulldogs beat Colorado the Mines 41-14 for their second consecutive Division II championship. So that's the, <laughs> that's the crime. All right, so Jim Harbaugh's reacted by 
crying and moaning and preaching and going, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the next Nelson Mandela and I'm going to show up in court and due process and blah, blah, blah. The head coach of Ferris State had this to say. Self-pity is the greatest form of self-destruction. So I just got to suck it up and be a big boy and deal with this. Technically speaking, I can be at the game. I just have to buy my own ticket. So I don't think that's a very good idea. Because I don't know if he has any money. So (laughs) he's now suspended like Harbaugh. He can't be on the sideline. And it's because his his team lit up cigars after they won. I don't have any cigars. I, I don't know. Does it matter? Apparently one is enough to set McKinney off. I... Could they not just, this is crazy, could they not just apologize? Say, okay, look, McKinney School District, sorry about that. Here's, I don't know, like some air freshener and let's move on. It's not like they set the school on fire. (laughs) This is amazing. (laughs) This guy's suspended. His school didn't, well, I guess they did. I mean, and then they got to pay McKinney. Jim Harbaugh acts like he's on the way to federal prison for something he did. This guy is suspended because his team lit up three cigars and it happened to be inside of a stadium of the McKinney School District. And he, he's, he's out. He's not going because he doesn't want to buy tickets and now has to fork over 2500 bucks in a fine. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. All right, the case that is not even a made-for-TV movie. I just can't even explain all the characters to this. Not all that surprising. I love the defense. The defense for Caitlin Armstrong. Caitlin Armstrong, and for those that don't know, uh, you Google this, and you could spend an hour and a half there just in amazement. Caitlin Armstrong is the Austin woman... Yoga instructor, I think, who now guilty of murder for shooting and killing another woman who happened to be one of the top cyclists, uh, mountain bikers in the entire country, maybe in the entire world, because she was friends, I don't even know if it was more than that, with her ex-boyfriend. She shows up and shoots her. And leaves the country and, and was able to pull it off for quite a while. Not only that, we, the U.S. gets her, brings her back from Costa Rica, where I think she was already teaching yoga in Costa Rica. Changed her entire look. Okay, she's something else. I mean, she's like, um, she escapes from everything. So we bring her back from Costa Rica. Was it Costa Rica? I think it was. And she'd been gone for a while. And then she escapes again here in Austin, only to be caught again. And now a jury has found Caitlin Armstrong guilty of murder in the East Austin shooting death of cyclist Anna Wilson in 2022. I've been amazed by her defense. The defense, which, you know, what else are you going to do when, you know, your client continually leaves? I mean, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a deal breaker if you leave the country right about the time after the murder. Usually that's a pretty bad sign. Then you keep escaping after that. 
But the defense was, I think the defense boiled down to this. Well, it could have been someone else. Could have been the boyfriend. Could have been, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people thought that, or I don't know. I don't know what people thought originally. It's so bizarre and tragic. I think it was in Hyde Park, too, where she showed up and shot her. Her car happened to be on the camera footage there, of course. And the defense tried to say, well, it could have been her ex-boyfriend. The jury said, not so much. Is she going to escape again? She is. She's something else. Um, I know she's escaped twice. Maybe it's a third time. It is a, it's a weird triangle that as if when she left the country and was teaching yoga and had a different look, as if anyone thought it was anyone else. Guilty. Uh, going away for how long? I, I don't know. I, I would assume life, right? You go blast somebody in the face a dozen times. I, I think that's enough. All right, here you go. Are you happy or disturbed that your political heroes are going to grill Apple? They're going to grill Apple, which is usually a very popular thing to do. Go after big tech. It somehow makes people very happy. Are you happy or disturbed that your political heroes are going to grill Apple for canceling John Stewart? Yeah, no, that's the topic. That's the issue. That is the issue. There are a bunch of your favorite talking points in here. A lot of people, their favorite talking points. Uh, the first, of course, is that big tech is the devil. It's going to spy on you, trick you, make you an addict, and ruin you. That. Um, another that I don't completely disagree with is the cozy relationship between Apple and big tech and China is uncomfortable at best. Fair enough. It is a... We should not be comfortable with the relationship. There are good reasons not to trust the Chinese and their ability to suppress, their effort to suppress critical speech is awful. That's a fair argument, fair assessment. Big tech, though, wants the market, of course, and the Chinese government will always push them to be careful about what is said. That, that's an objective way of looking at it. But if you make a list of things that are important to you, and important in your life. I'm guessing Apple canceling John Stewart's streaming show is not going to be high on the list. I don't think it should be high on the list. I don't even think it should be on your list. But it makes good political theater. And that's pretty much all we're about these days. I think this entire story says everything about us and what we really expect out of people that are supposed to work for us that we put in office. So here's the story. And... You're going to rearrange this because you're like there's like these buzzwords in here. Well, but Jeff, I mean, you know, Apple and China and blah blah blah. I don't think it's the government's business. And there were, I'll tell you probably why the John Stewart show got canceled. You're not going to like it, but I'll probably tell you the reason why. Reuters reports today, U.S. lawmakers asked Apple to explain the abrupt end of political comedian Jon Stewart's television show on its streaming service, citing concerns that content related to China was behind the cancellation. The New York Times reported last month that Stewart's show on Apple's streaming service was ending, the result of creative differences. 
The Times said Stewart told members of his staff the potential show topics related to China and artificial intelligence were causing concern to Apple executives. Uh, here we go. Here come your political heroes led by whatever this is, the Select Committee on Competition. While companies have the right to determine what content is appropriate for their streaming service, by the way, the government doesn't really believe that. The government of Texas doesn't believe that. They want to censor it like crazy. <laughs> Your political heroes don't want to leave them alone at all. While companies have the right to determine what content is appropriate for their streaming service, the coercive tactics of a foreign power should not directly or indirectly influence these determinations. The letter asked representatives Apple of Apple for a briefing on its concerns. The committee also expects to speak with representatives of John Stewart. We, the committee's representative Michael Gallagher, Republican, says, we also respectfully request that Apple publicly comment that content that could be perceived as critical of the CCP or the PRC is welcome on Apple TV+. Plus and other Apple services. <laughs> so he wants him to say it. Um, okay. Really? Are you really worried about this? Now, they're going to talk you into being worrying about, worrying about this. That way we can just talk about other stuff and not stuff that really matters. I like Jon Stewart. I find him intellectually honest, and I find him typically fearless. Is Apple uncomfortable with whatever he said? Probably. Did Apple get blowback from the Chinese government? Probably. Do you hope that's not why they canceled the show? Yeah, of course. Do I think that's why they canceled the show? No, I don't. Unfortunately, I think there is something almost worse than the threat from the Chinese because he was critical, which is legitimate. I, I mean, you can be bothered by that. I, I don't. He might be bothered by that. I, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Um, all that can be true. First of all, I challenge you on this. It's none of Congress's business. It's not. I don't care what your feelings are. It shouldn't be. You know why? Because it's pandering. It's pandering. Every tech meeting, every, I'll call you out in front of me, I'll, I'll dress you down, tech executive, every one of those is nothing more than theater. I can't believe people fall for it. So it works, but that's sad and pathetic. Streaming shows, radio show, a podcast, a TV show, go down the list. Any show should not be the domain of your elected officials. Period. That's it. Don't care how sinister they may feel that they are. You know, media is like food. You're in total control. Absolute total control. Apple can cancel his show or any other show for any reason. I hope the reasons, I hope, I would like to believe my business, I hope the reasons are legit, and I hope the reasons are based on market forces, but even if they're not, it's not the domain of your elected officials. Now someone's going to scream back, I'm fine with this too. I hope you scream back, but Jeff, these tech companies, these companies get subsidies and breaks and loopholes, and I would say that's wrong and terrible. 
All the more reason not to have not to have a cozy relationship between our government and our show business. Our tech, no relationship whatsoever, none. Stop electing people that are in favor of having a relationship and speaking out of both sides of their mouths. No loopholes, no breaks, none, zero, nobody, no time, anywhere. Everyone's on their own. Good luck, Apple. You shouldn't want your lawmakers here. You shouldn't have wanted them there in the first place, whether it's Elon Musk or Apple or whatever. You shouldn't want them there. Look what happens. So um, I think they should be. There shouldn't be any relationship. I'm not kidding. I know that's uh, impossible now because uh, we've cheered that on. But no breaks, no loopholes for any business of any size. That's unpopular. Too bad. So they canceled his show. I, I didn't. I, I didn't watch all that often. Again, I've already said I, I. I like his work. I find him intellectually honest and fearless. And for all I know, maybe there's some truth to this. That the Chinese pushed back on Apple, and Apple said, "Screw it, we're out." I don't know. I suspect something almost worse. My gut tells me, my experience tells me, it's something probably worse. I'm thinking the real reason they canceled the show was, this is my opinion. Let's see, how do I say this without offending everyone? Okay, I can't. The market for smart and edgy is small. The market for dumb and loud is really big. I would almost prefer that this would be some sort of sinister move and relationship between Tim Cook and the Chinese government. I would almost prefer that. But unfortunately, I'm left with the reality that smart and edgy is small. Really loud and really, really dumb is a big market. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is Buy or Sell. That's Buy or Freaking Sell. All right, here's the way it works. He's a famous writer. It's Cedric Golden for the Austin American Statesman. Uh, there are five statements that are made. You're either buying or you're selling. You can agree or disagree. It's as simple as that. Uh, it's not crypto. It's not flipping houses. It's simply two sentences or less, five statements, buy or sell. Buy or freaking sell. All right, gentlemen, buy or sell number one. Urban Meyer is the next head coach of Texas A&M. Buy or sell. I, I can't sell that enough. I mean, he won't go away because he's on Fox every week. Didn't they already hire Bobby Petrino? I mean, let's stop with the lecherous head coaches. Who's next? Al Pacino from <laughs> any given Sunday? Lecherous. I mean, at <laughs> least you'll pretend to be interested. I mean, come on, guys. Irvin's a winner, but he is bat guano crazy. I am not sure that there are enough hot spots in College Station to keep him happy. Besides, he is the ultimate tease. What's he going to do? He's going to win 10 or 11 games a couple years in a row, do something stupid, and then leave for health reasons. He's too big a risk. Go for someone like Duke's Mike Elko, who's a former Aggie assistant, uh, or even maybe UTSA's Jeff Trailer. Just don't go with the Urban Meyer of uh, insanity. That that is so played out. I'm selling. 
Well, I did like lecherous. I like that's a word I didn't see coming today, but I might try to find different ways to use it. Lecherous. Uh, okay. I'm actually buying. No. Yeah. You act like these guys aren't desperate, man. <laughs> are you kidding me? They are desperate. They are over their skis. They are upside down. Everything is wrong. You act like they, uh, they've got some sort of moral compass that's going to guide them to, to the next football coach. The only thing that's going to guide them to the next football coach is for $117 million, we just need to win and put a trophy in the case. That's all that matters to us. I think the, I think the mission statement has been sent by Texas A&M, and that is we don't care if there's dead bodies in the car of this lecherous coach. Get us a championship and don't let Texas kick our ass. They'll, do, they'll hire Charles Manson if he were alive and could coach right now. I think oh they've set. I think they've set the bar. At, there is no. There is no moral part to the bar. I think that was gone a long time ago. The only person I can think of that delivers them right away all they seem to care about, and that is a winning, see a good season. Not even a winning season. They're a four-loss program always, and not losing to Texas. There's only one guy lecherous, lecherous enough to pull it off. Who's, de- who's as desperate? Who's as desperate as A and M is? That's what I think. I think this guy has got. He's got to be oh, desperate. No. Yes, he is. He is desperate to end the stench of his time in Jacksonville. He's an egomaniac who wants to say, "See, I did it again." It's a perfect lecherous marriage. Oh, it's great copy. It is great copy, <laughs> but. It would be really stupid to get that guy in there. I, I would love the train wreck because we're going to be talking SEC all the time yeah. this time next year, Jeff. It'd be great. Buy or freaking sell. The Browns trade for Deshaun Watson is the worst deal in sports history. Buy or sell. Oh, man, that's, that is that is such a good question. I'm actually going to sell. Um I know the Bobby Bonilla one, he's getting a million bucks every year from 2011 to 2035 is up there. But I found the absolute worst deal in in sports history. As part of the NBA-ABA merger in 76, Ozzy and Daniel Silna, they were the owners of the old St. Louis Spirit. They accepted a 1.9% share of NBA TV revenue in perpetuity. <laughs> they cashed $300 million of NBA paychecks from uh, up until like 10 years ago when the league finally bought them out for another $500 million. They cashed $800 million in checks from 76 through the mid-2000s. For them, it's the greatest thing ever, but for the NBA – Definitely the worst contract in the history. Of that needs to be a Netflix show. Where'd you get that? I'm a sports writer, sir. I read. <laughs> Reading. What is that? What is that about? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to barely sell because it is quickly approaching the Herschel Walker leads to Dallas Senator Herschel Walker leads to Dallas championships trade, which I still think right now. I don't know what that thing you just talked about was, like I said, is a Netflix show, but the Herschel Walker trade probably, as of now, is still worse than the Deshaun Watson move. What people don't realize with the Deshaun Watson move is they gave up three first-round picks to get him, 
and they got rid of Joshua Dobbs, who's the Disney movie of the year for the Minnesota Vikings. But Dallas, wisely enough, Jimmy Johnson realizing we're not any good, and Herschel Walker's pretty good, Senator Herschel Walker, I should say, and so they found somebody dumb enough to basically give them an entirely new franchise for one player, and the next thing you know, the Cowboys win three championships and the Vikings do what the Vikings do, and Herschel Walker almost, God help us, became a United States Senator. So I think that one is the worst, um, but assuming Deshaun Watson is broken down, and I think he's, and I, I mean physically broken down, I think he's on his way. You know, once you start down this path in the NFL of a bunch of injuries, it never seems to stop. So I think a year from now, when he's not playing again, I might then say this is the worst trade of all time. Until then, it's the one that involves Senator Herschel Walker. And you know what? Senator Herschel Walker should be credited for almost winning, in his words, that erection. Yes. <laughs> he said that, not me. Buy or freaking sell. Quinn Ewers has said that he'll return for another season. Knowing that, he'll be the game one starter in 2024. Buy or sell. Oh, man. Golly. I've... I, I, I got to sell. I got to sell. And I'm going to tell you why. I, as much as Quinn is meant to this turnaround and the horns uh, on the cusp of a uh, conference championship appearance, he he has a lot more to prove. And he, he just hasn't been great enough for us to assume that it's go- that starting position is going to be handed to him with the savior Arch Manning, the latest progeny of the first family of American quarterbacks, waiting in the wings. I know Arch may have come here to sit for one year, but this ain't 1996. He's not sitting for two. And we know what Quinn brings to the table. But what you have to judge if you're Steve Sarkeesian is production from Quinn yours versus the upside of Arch Manning. It's a good problem to have two pretty good quarterbacks on one roster. But in this day and age, usually with the transfer portal, uh, the, the number two guy's phone's going to be ringing off the hook. And I don't see that guy staying. So I got to sell. What, which one you think is you're thinking yours is leaving? I think Quinn will leave. I do. I think Quinn could leave. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm buying. I'm buying because, look, if they if they put the first trophy in the case in a long, long time, and the guy loses one game this year, I, I agree with you. I I think he's pretty good, too too good at times. He has he's he's not making the horrific mistakes that he did a year ago locking in on guys and throwing it to the other team and all that stuff. I mean, he's a he's a much, much better game manager. I don't know how your starter takes you to a conference championship. I think they will. Possibly a Final Four appearance. I don't think they will. But either way, that guy can't lose his job. I don't even know how you... I don't even know how that would be possible because he would be losing his job after all that body of work. Um, I don't care if John Elway is waiting to take his place. You got twelve wins out of a guy sitting in front of you. I just I just can't see how he would lose that job. Either way, I do think it's an interesting and 
impactful, enforced conversation Steve Sarkeesian has to have with all those guys because he owes everybody honesty. I mean, I'm sure somebody told yours, rightly so, you're not going to be a first-rounder, kid. You may not even be a second-rounder, so you ought to go back because you're you're outnumbered this year by better players. So I, I think that's good. I think that's responsible. I assume Sarkeesian was involved on that. But he's going to have two other guys walk up to him and say, what's the deal, man? Am I playing or not? And he's going to have to say, yes, you got a chance or you don't. But he's going to also have to be honest and say, look, Arch of the royal family, the job is his. He just won 12 games. If you want to go, go, but you know he gets hurt a lot. But I don't know. I just, I just think you have to be brutally honest. I mean, and if I were Quinn Ewers and I, you know, season ends and I've won 12 games and I go into your office and I say, man, we won a conference championship for the first time since forever. And you're looking me in the eye right now telling me I may not have the job back? Really? Uh, well, that sucks. I'm out. So I, I don't. I don't know how you could. I don't know how he could lose his job. Let's put it that way. Uh, that's what quite if, a gamble. What if he? What if he's outplayed in in in, in the preseason? You mean he's outplayed at the driving range. At the driving range. Yeah. yeah. No, and I. I'd be pissed. I'd say I don't know how you keep score, coach. But I got a trophy. I gave you a trophy. I won twelve, and you're telling me because this guy of the royal family looks better at the driving range. I got a problem with that. It's a good problem to have, by the way, for the coach. It could be worse. That's my only argument. I mean, you may be right. You may be right that uh, you take a flyer and you. But I just think you have to be brutally honest with Quinn Ewers and say, "I love what you did this year. We got a trophy for the first time in forever." But I'm going to be honest with you, man. You may get beat out. I think you have to, I think you have to say it. He goes, I'm out. I mean, you think he's out? He's got appearances, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I don't know how many of these guys are going to be left. Once those conversations happen, one or two? I think Malik's going in the way. Yeah, he's never going to be out yeah. here. Yeah, he, he heard his free agency stock, but he's got to go because he's obviously third man. Um, I, I'm just, I agree with you. I can't imagine Arch Manning going, oh, okay, so I'm going to sit another year. Yeah, right. Not if you think you're an NFL player. Exactly. So, yeah. And think, think of the spots that will be open next year, said. There's not a bad oh, job. That's it's going to be a job at USC. Might Oregon. be a job open at Alabama. Might be a job open at Oregon. <laughs> I can keep going. North Carolina. North Carolina. There's lots of them. There's lots of them. Buy or freaking sell. Bill Belichick coaches somewhere other than the Patriots next season. Buy or sell. I'm buying. It's over. It's over in New England for Bells. It it just is. I was watching ESPN the other day, and Dan Arlovsky, uh, who's really funny on there, I uh, I get a kick out of him. He insisted that he's told that a deal is already in place for Belichick to coach somewhere else and run the show at another organization. Uh, we know he hadn't forgotten how to coach, and he but he but he may need to stop hiring his old cronies, or worse yet, his sons to be his assistants. I mean. Man, that, the nepotism in the NFL head coaching circles is rampant. I bet I can name six if you gave me a few minutes to to name six sons who are coaching for their dads, but not anywhere else. Um, I think a change in scenery is needed. He's only 71. 
uh, which is which nowadays I guess isn't ancient. Uh, I'm not sure why he doesn't just hang them up and go deep sea fishing. But some people are just built like that. He wants to still work. Mac Jones is god awful. I watched that 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 horrific display of football uh, from I guess Germany last week. And he is just, uh, just a, just an incredibly bad NFL quarterback, and that goes to show you, you're only as good as the guy throwing passes. And look, and and now that uh, Tom Brady's no longer part of the picture, Bill Belichick, uh, those chickens are definitely coming home to roost. But I think he's done in New England, and I will buy. He's coaching somewhere. Head coach next year. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's hear it. Where? Man, uh, <laughs> say da- I say think- Dallas, I dare you. Say Dallas. No, say I it. won't. I won't. Say he, it. He's, he's a smart guy. He'd never go work <laughs> for the old man. He would never go to work for the old man. I think that Brian Dayball may be done with the Giants. Yeah. And I think I think Belichick could probably maintain his uh, Northeast lifestyle and, and go coach the Giants. I think he could do that. Do you know how easy and entertaining our work life could be if Urban Meyer or Deion Sanders were coaching in College Station and grumpy Bill Belichick was fighting with Jerry Jones in Dallas. Do you know what that would do for us? Oh, man. That would be heaven. That would be heaven. Every day would be a piece of cake. But Belichick, Belichick's way too smart for that. He's way too smart. And And Jerry doesn't want to share that. Jerry doesn't want to share that credit. He already got rid of one Hall of Famer. I, I would hate to see him have to fire Belichick after winning two Super Bowl. I'm buying that he's coaching elsewhere again. Uh, th- this New England thing is just a, it's, it's a comedy of errors, and he can't – there's no way he can give up because every week that goes by, his legacy is tainted and Tom Brady's gets better because it becomes plainly obvious what that whole run was about. That run was about Tom Brady. So the poor guy's chasing, he's got that bad shirt that he wears every day that he found in a dumpster, but the poor guy's chasing the all-time win record, and he's years away from getting it at the pace he's on. Um, I, I kind of almost feel find myself feeling sorry for him. It's pretty pathetic looking. So I can feel sorry for a guy with seven Super Bowl rings. I, I, oh. I just I watched him, and I tell you why. I watched him in a news conference, and when you look at him, he's got that bad shirt. I feel like... I feel like that guy's just a, a, a step away from pushing a shopping cart underneath a bridge. He just looks like hell. He sounds like hell. And every question to him at the news conference, every question was, are you going to get fired? And it was just so awkward after, after a while. Um, <laughs> it is fun. It's I mean, fun his hair is greasy. He's, he's slumping over. His, his girlfriend took his house away from him, and she's, she won't leave. I don't know. I just feel like the guy's going to break out with a bottle any second and just start drinking. Um, where he fits is what I'm trying to figure out. On one hand, I think San Diego, I mean, the Chargers, L.A. Chargers, suburban Chargers, they suck and they need some guidance. The Giants suck and need some guidance. But in both cases, there are franchises that have huge quarterback problems, and obviously he can't solve quarterback problems. So I'm... I'm Maybe the Bears, um, I'm having a hard time finding where an owner would say, hey, Bill, come here and fix my offense because it looks like he didn't do jack. Tom Brady did it. Dude, Justin Herbert 
it just needs needs a sane head coach, and he'll be fine. Yeah, that would be ideal for Bell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, he can just turn the kid loose. I just don't know if the kid would want that to be his coach. The kid doesn't have doesn't have a say in that. He should. Just make, just make your forty million. If you told if you told Herbert that Bill Belichick was coming to coach him, you think he'd be like, "Oh no, not that guy, <laughs> not not the winningest coach of all time, not him." Yeah, but, oh no, I, if I'm Herbert, I'm like, man, get me there, get Brandon Staley the hell out of here. Well, yeah, he's a moron. I, I'm not arguing that. Um, I don't know though because it's like I said, it looks like. That thing was done by Brady. And it's hard to it argue. Was, that. Ma'am, it was. Yeah. Have you seen that shirt that he wears? I swear it's from 1982, and the stripes are fading every single week that I see him. The stripes are fading even more. Oh, man. Buy or freaking sell. Final buy or sell. And speaking of Tom Brady, he can be the one to save the Cleveland Browns season. Buy or sell. Yes. They are, I'm selling. They're not going to play the games oh. at a bingo hall. Uh, this guy is 46 years old. Oh, my. And he looked done last year. He looked done. And I know just he should just keep making the, the tortilla chips commercials. With with Marino and Emmett and all Julian Edelman and those guys, and take Edelman's advice. Don't even think about it. Tom, you have your marbles. You there are no signs of CTE. You played in that league, a very violent league, for twenty years. Get out of there. Stay out of there. You went to dinner with Aaron Andrews the other night because they're going to be walk, working with together with Fox. And uh, he's getting, he's going to get hundreds of millions of dollars for that. Uh, at 46, you still got your good looks. You still got your marbles. Don't go back into that pit. You don't want to be avoiding 24-year-old guys that are twice your size that run 4-5. And you could never move when you were young. So, no, that is a bad idea. Stay retired. Listen to the setster. I'm selling Oh, you got no drama in you, man. You got no drama. I'm buying. I'm too real, Jeff. I'm too real. <laughs> I'm buying. Here's how I'm buying. Oh, my that God. That poor general manager of the Cleveland Browns, it's all come unraveled. That entire city has had a gut punch. They went from, realize the other day we had a buy or sell that was whether or not it was a good gamble to bet that the Browns would make the Super Bowl, and then 24 hours later, it all falls apart. The city is sucks anyway. It's Waco on the water. It's in shambles. The people are depressed. Life is miserable there. So the general manager and the owner, who's a piece of trash himself, they show up and say, Tom, Tom, one more, man. Just one more. You're going to save an entire Midwestern city. All you have to do, Tom, is keep it between the lines. You don't have to run. You don't have to get hit. You just organize us and let our defense win us some games, and you save an entire American city. You're Superman. You're James James Bond. That Russian girl you're with is going to take your money like the other one did. Get up here to Cleveland and save an American city, Tom. They put the 12 jersey on him. He trots out there, throws 25 of 35. If he even thinks he's going to get hit, he sits down. He organizes the offense. He makes that entire building feel better about life and feel like they can win. 
Their defense is good enough. He goes out, gets them to the playoffs, quits for good. The legend grows. He goes to a cemetery at age 47. <laughs> soon diagnosed with CTE. CTE exactly. exactly. He's blown up and by J. He's blown up by JT Watt about three times. Curls yeah, up in a ball. He spends his last six months on Earth in Cleveland. What are you trying to do to him? Come on, Jeff. He can fly in on Thursday. He can be in Miami, come in on Thursday. Tom, trot out here and just save us. Save an American city. Save him. I mean, what better ending? A bubonic plague, maybe? Yeah, that's true. It's Cleveland. They feel like they have the plague now. Those poor people. That's yeah, it rough. It can't, rough. It, just, it can't work for them, can it? It cannot work. No, not since LeBron left. Yeah. All right, man. Sad as always, good stuff. Have a good weekend, man. This is Buy or Sell.